I was online watching a debate unfold, and the debate was about um, at what age systems should be taught in youth hockey. And of course, this is one that always just keeps coming up. It's It seems to be on, I don't know if it's on the minds of a lot of people or just a lot of people are opinionated about it. And um, anytime it comes up, it turns into, um, you know, a fairly heated and opinionated type of discussion um, with everybody kind of weighing in. Um, it seems to me, like as I was watching this thing, it seems to me that coaches are kind of of the mindset that we should just keep pushing this age back at which systems should be taught back further and further. Um, some were even saying, you know, some were saying to Peewee, and then a few were saying that's not even back far enough. It should be pushed back to Bantam. It should be all skills, exclusively skills until Bantam hockey. And, um, you know, as, a, as I was watching this, I, I said to myself, I'm not going to change anybody's mind. Uh, I didn't think I was going to change anybody's mind on this. Uh, so I didn't weigh in at the time, you know, on the discussion and, um, you know, I probably won't even change anybody's mind, uh, with, <laughs> with this soundbite, but I wanted to make a few observations, you know, so wh- whichever side of the spectrum you fall on, I-, I really don't care. You know, I think it's up to us as coaches to do what we feel is right for the kids that we're working with that given season. And that may mean one thing one year, and that may mean a completely different thing another year. Um, but I think that we do get into trouble when we start boxing ourselves in to hard and fast rules. And that seemed to be what was kind of happening on this on this discussion. Um, so first of all, let me just state this, that if, if you know me, you know that I believe in skills and systems being developed simultaneously, that they can and should, in my opinion, be taught together and that one doesn't need to rob the other. You know, that's another debate that, that you know, another one of those kind of talking points that people say is you don't want to teach systems too young because it takes away from skill development or, or the other way around. You know, if you focus all your time on skill development, you never learn positioning. Um, I think it needs to be, I, th- I think that it can and should be taught together. I think that having a basic understanding of s- some positional play makes the skills that you're working on with the players more meaningful to them. You know, they, they can see how this is going to translate into a game. They can see why you've got them working on power turns. That's so that if they're wheeling behind the net to start a breakout and the uh, opponent is cutting off their lane behind the net, they can hit the brakes and come back out the strong side. Uh, they can see that the reason why you got them working on so much passing is so that they can execute a breakout pass or pivots so that they can keep their eyes on the puck and not take their eyes off it. You know, there's, there's so many different little skills that go into just operating a breakout, you know, just functioning and performing a breakout that, um, you know, and, and that's kind of where I, you know, like I said, I'm not going to get too deeply into this, but that's kind of how I approach it is, you know, yeah, at the young age groups, if you looked at one of my practices for the U8s, it would probably look a lot like a skill session that you would see from another coach. And you may not even be able to tell that behind, uh, you know, behind closed doors or, or, or you know, behind the methodology, um, it's actually a systems driven practice for me, because what I'm usually doing is I'm piecing together. What are all the elements that, uh, you know, I tend to start with breakouts, but I, you know, what are all the elements that go into a breakout? Well, there's, there's skating abilities, there's agility, there's forward and backwards skating, there's puck control, there's, um, tight turns, there's passing, <clears throat> excuse me. There's a little bit of timing involved there. And, uh, of course there's a lot of skills that go into, 
executing a breakout. So if you looked at one of my U8 practices, you'd say, wow, you know, yeah, that's a great practice, great skills practice. They're working on their, their skating, they're working on their power turns, they're doing some puck control drills. They've got a little bit of passing in there, fantastic skills practice. And meanwhile, you know, under the hood, I'm looking at it going, okay, these are all the elements of what would go into a breakout eventually when the kids are capable of performing it. So that's kind of how I think through things. So I wanted to, like I said, I wanted to make... I have covered some of this in, you know, blog posts and other sound bites and things like that. So I'm not going to go too deep into that in this one, but I do want to, like I said, make some observations. So there seem to be two staple points of view that are at play in, uh, you know, in these types of discussions. One of them is that skills should be the main focus at young ages to give the kids the best chance at development later on. And that is an argument that was made in this case, you know, in this in this debate that I was watching, uh, I've heard it made in other areas. I've heard it taught from, you know, various seminars and things like that is, is the main focus should be skills at the young ages so that the kids have the best chance at development later on. And then oftentimes those same folks are the ones that are saying, hey, you know what, let's keep it, let's keep it real here. Let's be realistic. Most of these kids aren't going to make it to the NHL. So our focus should be long-term athletic development. Our focus should be learning to have fun in the sport. Okay, I want to do like kind of a little mind exercise with you right now. And if if you're listening along, unless you're driving, here's what I want you to do. I want you to close your eyes. And I want you to think back to your most memorable experience in hockey. And if you didn't grow up playing hockey, think of your most memorable experience in any other sport that you may have been involved in. If you didn't play a sport, then maybe it was music. You know, what was your most memorable piano experience as a kid? What was the best day you ever had as a hockey player? Now, let me ask you this. Did it involve winning a championship? Now, see, for me, it is. Um, You know, we, I, I was on a team that did quite well in my youth and, um, you know, we won the Ontario championships at the, uh, you know, as peewees, uh, AAA in Ontario, uh, we won numerous other ones and, and that those are the ones that stand out to me. You know, when I look back with fondness on my experiences in hockey, it wasn't, you know, how much fun that one practice was or how we did, you know, these really cool small area games, that one practice or, or that one season, um, I look back on it and I say, you know what? I learned, I learned to dig down and win a championship. <clears throat> now, I want to ask you, what was so meaningful? If the championship was your most memorable experience, what was so meaningful about that particular championship? Now, again, I can tell you from my own personal experience, when we won the Ontario Championships, we actually came up against a team that was um, a better team than us on paper. We knew it going in. We knew it as players. Our coaches knew it. And we had the opportunity to execute a game plan with discipline and as a team. And our coaches told us that, yes, they have some phenomenal players on their team, but we can be a better team. And team hockey overcomes all-star hockey. And we believe that. And we went out there and we executed with just like – so much discipline. It was fantastic. And we came away champions that day. Now that was memorable for me. 
it still is to this day. You know, if I'm ever reminiscing on the good old days, that specific championship is one that is always first in my mind. Now, if you've never won a championship, no problem. You know what? That's, that is um, a thing that, you know, it doesn't happen with everybody for one reason or another. But I would ask you this, you know, just for, just for kicks, find someone who has, maybe it's an assistant coach or maybe it's, you know, a, a parent in your organization or somebody. Find somebody who has won a championship, specifically in a team sport. And I'll bet you'll find the same types of things that, that I'm talking about here. You know, it was a, a memorable experience, maybe the most memorable experience for them. And it was something where they had to overcome some adversity, pull together as a team and execute a game plan to really make it happen. So I guess if I'm talking about, you know, these observations that I'm making, here's, I guess this is the nuts and bolts of it. This is what I'm wondering. Hockey is about having fun. I think that we're, we can all agree on that. Winning is fun. Championships are meaningful and memorable. And systems win championships. I mean, that's the main argument against these coaches who are teaching systems, right? The, the, the argument is, oh, these coaches care too much about winning, so they're bypassing skill development and teaching systems too young. So I think it's fairly safe to say that that's a general, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sold on that. Systems win championships. You know, I've experienced it myself as a player. I've experienced it as a coach. Um, you know, so I don't think there's too much debate on that. So if winning is fun, if systems win championships, and most of these players are not going to the NHL, then why not teach them how to win young and build some memorable experiences as hockey players? Why not give them that opportunity to win a championship so that they can have that, you know, that experience and that excitement and that joy that comes from that? Plus, as I said before, if you're doing it right, you can develop both skills and positional concepts simultaneously, like I've said before. So, Here's a little homework for you as well. <laughs> like I said, I'm kind of just, I'm, I'm kind of going through this and, and thinking out loud, I guess, in this case. If you have a chance, go online and see if you can find some clips from the Brick Super Novice Hockey Tournament. Um, novice is the Canadian equivalent of the U.S. Uh, squirt age group. So it's 10 and under. Uh, or take a look at the Quebec Pee Wee Tournament. So there, there's they, those two tournaments. The reason I'm recommending those two is because they're high level. And I know for sure that those two tournaments um, record, video record their games. They broadcast them sometimes on TV, sometimes uh, just over, over the web. But there is footage. So go and see if you can find some footage of those guys. Take a look at those teams. And then answer two questions. How is the skill level of those players? And are those players playing systems hockey? So what does a skill what does a skill level look like? And I've done this. They're phenomenal skill levels. Right? The, the players are fast. They're agile. They've got great hands. They've got great passing abilities. They're doing phenomenal stuff as ten year olds there. And are they playing systems hockey? Are they executing a forecheck? You know, are they working a structured breakout? Or is it all dump and chase? Is it is it is it uh, piranha hockey? What I call it or what the, what my Russian's friend would call beehive hockey. You know, wherever the puck goes, are all five players on, you know, scattered around the puck, gathered around the puck, 
or are they spread out in a meaningful way? You know, what does it look like? Ask yourself that. Watch it. Dissect it a little bit. Now, like I said before, I honestly don't care what philosophy you, you subscribe to. Do what you feel is best for your players. And that may be different from age group to age group, from team to team. But think about this. What age group do the major junior drafts happen? Right? At what age group is that? Generally speaking, it's 14 or 15 years old, depending on the league. Right? So if it really is about developing, developing the players as effectively as possible, how are we going to send a kid to the OHL draft who doesn't know how to run a four check? It just doesn't make sense to me, you know, or, or if it's just about having fun, if, if the, you know, if the development of the draft and things really don't matter, because most of these kids aren't going anywhere anyways, I guess, it, I guess it feels to me like we're speaking out of both sides of our mouth. You know, if it's just about having fun, then let's have some fun. Teach your kids how to play some hockey, teach them how to compete, teach them how to win a few games, um, you know, create some memorable experiences, maybe win a few championships and let them really enjoy the, the compete level. And like I said, if you do it right, you, you absolutely can and should be developing the skills at the same time as that. I just think, I think that that's a flawed debate in and of itself. But just for the sake of, of this conversation, you know, if it's about developing, how are we going to get a kid to the draft who doesn't know how to run a four check. If it's about, you know, because if we're pushing it back to Bantam and we're saying, hey, systems should not be taught, categorically should not be taught until Bantam, then okay, you may get like one season, you're trying to cram in one season worth of acquiring breakouts, regroups, offensive attack, uh, you know, uh, offensive four checks, Power play, penalty kill, you're trying to cram all that into maybe one season before they hit the draft. It's not realistic. It's not, it's not doable. It, it obviously has to be taught at least to a degree prior to the draft, you know? I mean, and, and I don't think that I'm out of line in saying that, you know, the top kids are looking at draft. You know, the, the top kids are going that route. So what do we do with that, you know? But if it's, just, if it's just about having fun, then why not, you know? If none of this development stuff really matters anyways, then why not? Why not just teach them how to win, um, you know? <laughs> just me thinking out loud here. <clears throat> so like I said, of course, every age group is different. And you got to pace things to the level of your players. And I definitely recommend speeding things up or slowing them down, depending on how quickly a new skill or positional concept or whatever is being acquired. But in my opinion, waiting for Bantam is far too late. You know, if you're doing things right, there's no reason that a talented, well-skilled group of, you know, well-coached group of 10-year-olds can't be taught some positioning concepts. And in my opinion, will make for them to have even more fun with the game in and of itself. You know, so, so ideally in my mind, we're teaching the skills that are needed to perform the systems and we're putting these kids in positions to learn the patterns of the game, to have some fundamental positioning, um, you know, concepts taught and then definitely making sure that they have the skills. You know, that's what I think of what I said first is have the skills required to perform those. You know, and then of course, like, yes, we still want creativity. We still want, you know, all these other things that come along with it, but they can definitely be developed together. 
definitely be developed together. And if we do that, then yeah, you're going to start seeing hockey that looks like what you see in, in the, the Brick Super Novice hockey tournament, you know, footage. 10-year-olds performing at extremely high skill levels with system structure, and it's beautiful hockey to watch. And yeah, probably the vast majority of even those kids won't go to the NHL. But guess what? They got to go and experience some awesome hockey in an awesome venue. And it was because of the development pattern that their coaches set up. So like I always say, that's my two cents worth. But I'm kind of just sitting here going, it's, you know, I mean, do what you feel is best. But don't box yourself in to a rhetoric just based on the rhetoric itself. You know, be flexible, be open to the needs of your players and open to the, to the progress at which they can develop. You know, it's, it's one story to be working with a group of beginners, but it's another story if you've got a, an advanced group of, you know, double A AA or triple A players that are capable of learning more and you're stifling that growth just because of a, because of a mindset. So take it for what it's worth. My two cents worth, like I always say, um, but that's that for, for today. So have a great one. We'll be back again soon with more sound bites.